Hey everyone, thanks for checking out this third episode of the Trenches podcast. It's with a good friend of mine, Michael Tucker. I'm sure you guys are going to find him very entertaining just hearing about all the different things he's done um, and only being 25 years old. So he does um, different things in the real estate space as well as the online marketing and event space. So uh, buckle up. I know you're going to enjoy the episode. Um, but first, real quick, if you don't remember, you can watch this podcast or video um, online, whether it is on our Facebook page, just by searching the trenches podcast. Um, you can find us there, you can find the video on my YouTube page just by searching Kyle Grimm. Or you can also just listen to the audio version on Spotify or Apple podcasts. So thanks again. And thanks for watching. Yeah, so um, I'm a real estate investor. Um, we flip houses here in South Central Kentucky. And um, as well, you know, on the side, we also have a virtual event agency. So we help entrepreneurs, coaches, um, consultants run virtual events. So, um, you know, starting out, that wasn't something that we picked up right away. Real estate kind of was like my foundational piece out of college that I jumped into. And I, I still do it. I love it. But um, over the past couple of years, we've noticed the digital marketing space and how online events and just the online, I guess you would say space has blown up. So I've always kind of been in the you know digital realm. I've always kind of enjoyed that as well. So we've started agency on that side and um, it's it's been really fun to kind of learn how that goes. But yeah, so my name is Michael, real estate investor. And then you would just say, I guess, agency owner, if you wanted to put a label on me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that was way too brief. I, I want to actually dive in a little bit more. Can you back up? Because um, I don't know that I actually know this about you. Um, okay, so did you go to did you go to college? I assume after high school, did you go straight into like a four year college, or what did you do right after high school? Yeah, so I'll just give you a quick rundown because um, everybody has a story, right? Everybody has something they need to share, and I, maybe my story can help inspire somebody on the trenches here, uh, and maybe help lift you up today. So, you know, I, I went to uh, a small private school, you know, throughout my elementary you know, high school years. I would, I didn't grow up at a school where there was thousands of people. My graduating class was three people. No three people. That's it. So, <laughs> so I, I've grown up in small town USA here in Kentucky, you know, kind of sheltered away from the world. You know, I live in a town where, you know, it's only about 3,000, 5,000 population. And growing up, I always was like, God, I knew you, you have something great for me. I just don't know what that is. I got to find it. And I was inspired by a family member of mine who went to the military. And so I, I thought growing up, I'm going to go to the military. I'm going to go do some kind of special forces. That's what I want to do. And I've always been driven. I've always been, and maybe some of you guys are like this. Maybe you've always had goals. You've always maybe been motivated to go out there and chase your dreams. That was me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do like something, some kind of special forces in the military. I'm going to go for it. And, um, you know, actually... I, I went through high school and realized um, that God had other plans for me. You know, that wasn't really the best fit. And um, so I went on the search for wh which college do I want to go to? And actually, um, it's really funny how things work. I was a big runner. I don't know, Kyle, if you've ever like ran. Like, I was a track and cross country runner. Right. Okay, cool. So I, I see you cycling a lot now and stuff, but like that was me through high school, didn't multiple like marathons in high school, stuff like that. And, um, Actually, at this school I attended, there was no cross-country team, nothing. All they had was basketball for boys, volleyball for the ladies, right? So it was like, if I'm going to go like to make it to college, I'm decent. I'm not like the smartest of the smart, so I'm not going to go ahead. I don't have a 
30, I don't even know, 32 ACT score. Like my ACT score was like 22. So I was like, if I'm going to college, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make it in college off of my scores. It was like, so I'm going to have to bootstrap this if I want to like get some money for scholarships. And the way I'm going to do that is through cross country running. And I never ran cross country before only on, you know, blacktop. I only ran, you know, myself. And I did, like I said, half marathons, maybe a marathon here, a century ride there. And, um, but I never had a coach. And so I went on this search for, um, you know, a college to attend. And I reached out to multiple colleges, um, just said, hey, my name is Michael. You know, I would love to come run for your cross country team. I've never ran cross country before, but here's my times on a 5K. Here's kind of what I've done. And you wouldn't believe I sent multiple, multiple, multiple messages. <laughs> and, you know, I wouldn't you believe people were like, no, we don't need you, right? Who's this random Michael guy living in the middle of nowhere? And, um, uh, but that's a that's a good learning lesson for some of you guys is that you're in life you're going to have some times when you get rejected no 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 but once you find that one yes that's all you need and um there's actually a small university here and they told me you know what we'll take a look at you and so i'll never forget it was october it was maybe a couple of weeks um away from halloween but it was an october evening they invited me up to come you know train and just kind of meet the coach and actually, they didn't even invite me to practice or anything. They, they just said, hey, just come up. We don't know who you are. We'll just meet you, walk you around campus, show you what the college is like, and that's it. And at the end of that tour, the cross-country coach told me, Michael, I don't think we have any space on the team for you. He's like, but if you want to show up just to practice, you know, we have practice this evening, feel free to show up, just get a little workout in, but we, we don't have anything. That lit a fire under my tail. And I went back. I was like, you know what? He's given me the opportunity to show myself through practice. And he already told me he didn't think I was going to be worthy enough. So I went to that practice, crushed it. I, I, you, you ever hear Eric Thomas talk about like 120? That's what I did that day. I went, I literally was like beating most of the team during practice. We did a trial. I can't remember the exact loop they did, how many miles we did, but we did like an hour practice and I was whooping them just because I went 120. I went over 100%. I went all out. And by the end of that practice, and this coach was saying, wow, like we have to have you on the team. So they were giving me a scholarship and everything. Fast forward, I ended up, God led me to, um, you know, I'm a big, I, I'm big in faith. Um, you know, so I, I'm sharing that just from my perspective. Um, ended up moving on and doing mission work for a while. And I found myself, this is a long answer to your question. Is that no, cool? I love like, it. This is, this is what I want. This is what I want. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. And so um, fast forward, I, you know, even though I worked myself into that position, there's some things, the guys that you're going to qualify for, there's some things that you're going to earn in life, but there's going to be times when you maybe don't need to take advantage of them. And I don't know, maybe you guys relate, maybe Kyle, you relate. There's maybe some things you've worked for your whole life thinking that it was going to be worth it. And then once you achieve it, you're like, this isn't what I thought. So it got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to fo focus on my relationship with God. I'm going to, um, kind of just do some missions. Cause in the background, my wife, or she wasn't my wife, but my girlfriend at the time, we started a nonprofit. So we were just kind of like building that out. But still, as you know, when you're building a nonprofit and you're, you're in ministry, there's not a lot of money, right? I mean, I say that in a way that you, there's not really a, a, a great way for ministers a lot of times and people that are working in the mission field to earn an income. So I found myself still having a, a love for missions, but still needing a way to make money. So I went on this hunt for making money, right? And I stumbled into real estate eventually, but this is 
how it went. I, I was in college, um, you know, just a small university that was closer to home. And I tried everything, Kyle. And you've probably been the same place, right? I, I had shiny object syndrome. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but literally I tried stock trading. I tried eBay drop shipping, Amazon fulfillment stuff, uh, starting a social media marketing company. And I even started, my wife and I started a kettle corn wholesaling company. No way. So yeah, legit. Where we were uh, making and bagging host, uh, kettle corn to wholesale to gas stations, restaurants, convenience stores. And that failed. So everything I tried, it was just like I was failing. I don't know if you guys and Kyle, you can relate, but there's been times in my life where it just feels like I'm getting, I'm knocking on all the doors and they won't open. And that's what this was. I tried everything, but what I noticed over time was I was only trying these things for two, three months at a time and then giving up. And that's that's going to come out in my story in just a minute. So just remember that. But I tried everything. It just wasn't working. And then eventually I found myself in a network marketing company with um, a friend of mine. And I love network marketing. Nothing like everything I'm about to say is not against network marketing. I love it. The trainings that a lot of these network marketing companies have, a lot of the uh, the core values they have is really great. Team building events are great. But at this time, I started to find a little success in network marketing. I started building a team. But my upline, my mentor, one day we just started drifting apart. He he got busy in life. And we just disconnected. And as you know, in network marketing and anything, having leadership is very important. And the leadership on our team, which was my upline, David, he kind of drifted away just for life's reasons. And that was not that's nothing wrong. We just, maybe it was myself as well. Maybe I started drifting away. But I was so, so ready for something new. And I, I thought that was going to be it, but it wasn't. And then David called me up one day. David was my upline, by the way, in this network marketing. David called me and said, hey, Michael, I haven't talked to you in a while. We haven't connected. I just want to touch base and let you know that I'm starting to coach a small group of people in real estate and how you can acquire real estate with little, no money out of your pocket. You want to join? And I was like, I tried everything anyway. Might as well jump in and try this, right? I tried literally everything you can imagine on the internet. I, everything I named was only a small portion of what I tried. I said, you know what, David? I have no money, but you're telling me I can get in real estate with little to no money? How old were like, you yeah, back man, then? I'm... What is it? How old were you about that time, do you think? Yeah, so I was about 21. And, and I guess I didn't even, how old are you today? Yeah, so I'm 25. <laughs> that's unreal the amount of stuff you've tried at the age 25 is incredible yeah and so you know about 2021 20, i can't remember it was somewhere in that i was i graduated high school early so college i was kind of younger kid um but yeah so he said michael you know you want to try this real estate thing you're a bright kid i think i could help you and guys i just said i'm going all in i'm gonna try it i said I tried everything else. Might as well try something new. Might as well try this. Nothing else worked for me. Fast forward, I just went all in. I went all in. And that's what a lot of you guys need to do is just you got to go all in on something. But here's the lessons I've learned. I went all in, you know, getting coached by David. We had weekly, it, like a lot of you guys are using Zoom back, you know, four or five years ago, six years ago, whenever that was. Um, I think it was about five to six years ago. We did 
I don't know, uh, Kyle, if you remember, but there was these, this thing called freeconferencecall.com where everybody would dial into like a conference call. And, and the way we learned was through weekly conference calls just by like, I'd be on the treadmill, put it on speaker and he'd be teaching. And that was before like all these video courses blew up. And so we went to work, but the one thing I let myself do is I let my emotions trump the principles. So in real estate and business, there's going to be times when you guys get excited. There's going to be times when you're pumped up, you're on cloud nine, but you can't let your emotions trump the principles. And that's what happened to me, Kyle, is I let my emotions trump the principles. I was so excited. I was so pumped. I just went out there and started getting houses under contract that weren't even good deals. I started getting, going out there and getting houses under contract because they looked like they were fixer-uppers. Oh, this house needs fixed. That makes it a fixer-upper. No, just because a house is you know, maybe nasty, old, worn down, does not make it a fixer-upper that's yeah. worth flipping. But for me, that's what I looked at. I was like, you know what? This, is, this would be a good deal. Or I could fix it up. So fast forward after getting some coaching with him, I actually didn't use this coaching. I didn't listen to his principles. And I found myself trying to flip properties that didn't make sense. And fast forward, Kyle, I actually lost about $20,000. Mm. So losing $20,000 is a big loss. But when you add in college debt, that's a big, big loss. When you add in that the way I acquired these properties was through credit cards, oh, no. <laughs> that's a big, big problem, right? Big, I should say a big, big, big problem. <laughs> so literally, Kyle, I found myself in this position to where I thought this was going to be the thing and it wasn't. I was heartbroken. Actually, I was depressed for a little season for about a year. I just gotten married in 2017 when all this was going on. And uh, my wife and I, we actually spent most of our savings on a trip to Bali for our honeymoon. And uh, so I didn't, we didn't have any money. Um, I was actually working as a restaurant server to pay off the $900 interest payment on the first house we flipped. So was that, the, was that, uh, that job there? Was that one of the first, like I, real jobs I'm using quotes, um, that you had, I mean, it sounds like you're like quite the entre entrepreneur from day one. Was that like the first, like, okay, I got to go clock in. Was that one of the first? Yeah. I left out some details, but my family owned a restaurant. And so like all through high school, I just used that to kind of fund my entrepreneurial spirit. So like I worked there as a bus boy as a waiter, like from thir age 13, like that's when they would let us start working there, age 13, all the way up to, you know, college and even through college, obviously, because I was working as a restaurant server still. I used that money to go out and try a bunch of different things. And, you know, obviously, a lot of you guys are, you're maybe working a nine to five, you're working a W 2 job. Your W 2 job can fund your entrepreneurial spirit. Your W 2 job can fund whatever business ventures you want to go do. So look at it. Don't I look at my nine to five at the time as a silent partner. Yeah. So, but yeah, so man, I, I literally went out there in this house. I was working as a restaurant server to pay off and until we could sell this house. And to give you a little con context, I bought this house and I thought, you know what? It's only going to take like five grand to fix it up. We're going to list, turn around within a month, sell it. Famous last and words. I'm going to do all the work, right? Sorry, did you say something? So Yeah, I said famous last words right there. It's only going to take five grand to fix it up. 
famous last words. Yeah. So literally I said, I was going to do all the work myself. And if you're in real estate and even if you're in business, don't think you can do everything yourself because building a business and especially real estate, it's a real estate, it's a, uh, it's a real estate team game. You need to have a team. And Kyle would probably be the first to tell you that. But I tried doing it myself. I said, you know what? I want to renovate these properties. I want to fix them up myself. And um, it just didn't work. It didn't work. So I actually, um, that house, Kyle, took about a year to sell. Well, it was only supposed to take about a month to renovate and a couple of months or two to sell. It took about 12 months, 13 months um, to renovate and sell that thing. I went, I actually spent like fifteen to $20,000 instead of 5000 and I maxed out all my credit cards doing so. And so I went and literally from a, a moment of walking into this property excited with a 720 credit score on cloud nine to literally a year later, six months later, 12 months later, uh, depressed because my credit score, you know, I was missing credit card payments. I went down to like a 550 in my credit score. Um, you know, I was negative in my bank account, you know, a couple of times. But I will never forget, Kyle, and I want to share this with um, your listeners because I think this could help them. I'll never forget one day I was kind of depressed, you know, with my wife because she knew we didn't have money. I was depressed in my relationship with God. Obviously, finances, I was depressed. Um, so I just wasn't in a good headspace. And so one day my mom owns this little clothing store, a little boutique. And um, I just, I went in, I was picking up some stuff from her store that she had for me. And she was like, Michael, you look depressed, man. She was like, are you sure you want to keep doing this real estate thing? And that was the first time somebody had ever asked me that. They said, are you, are you sure you want to keep doing this real estate thing? Because she said, it looks like it's not working for you. Are you sure you want to keep doing this? And I said, you know what? Let me think about that. And I thought about it for like 10, 15 seconds. And I went back to her. I said, mom, I've tried everything I can to make money. I've tried everything you can to make, you know, success and nothing seems to work. I'm going to see this through no matter what. I'm going to see this through. And that's the, that's the spirit a lot of you all need that you're listening right now is there's so many of you guys, you've been trying thing, trying thing, trying thing. But the thing is, you haven't committed to anything. And that's where I was. Stock trading, I didn't commit to it. The e-commerce stuff I was trying, didn't commit to it. That kettle corn business that started that a lot of you guys probably laugh at me for, I didn't commit to it, right? And once I decided to commit in real estate, once I decided to commit and go all in and see it through no matter what, that's when I started seeing success. Yeah. So that, I mean, does that makes sense, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. I think that's that's such a good point. Honestly, I struggle with the same thing um, in, in my current business. I mean, it's easy. You know, I'm in real estate. That's that's what I'm focusing on. But then you you can break down real estate into so many different things. Which is, I'd love to hear more about the different you know avenues in real estate that you've been in. But for me, it's like, okay, do I want to buy self-storage facilities? Do I want to buy commercial, um, you know, warehouses? Do I want to buy single family homes? And it's very easy to bounce around to them before you really find true success in that one specific, you know, thing. So I, yeah, I, and I'm struggling with that right now. And so, yeah, it's just, I, I totally get it. 
Yeah, and, and for everybody in here that's maybe in that same spot as, you know, Kyle or maybe where Kyle, I'm sure Kyle's kind of figuring it out, but you're like, I don't know what route because in real estate there is. You can be an agent. You can flip houses. You can buy single-family rentals. You can buy multifamily. There's, you're going to have to experiment. That's what I did. I just kind of went in, Kyle, and experimented. And you know what? I love flipping because I love big chunks of cash. Like, that's just me. I just love being able to walk in with a $50,000 $50, check in my hand, right? Um and so I was like, I know flipping is going to be for me just because of my nature. So I'm going to figure this thing out. And so I went back to the drawing board. I didn't tell you, Kyle, at the same time, actually, that first flip I did, I actually bought another house at the same exact time. And that's a whole nother story in itself. Let's just say that it was going to be a rental instead. And we had a contractor come out to replace the roof, but um, he didn't cover the roof up before a storm came. So a big storm came through, drenched the whole house. All of our tenant stuff got like literally rain came into the house from the roof because they didn't tarp it before the rain came. And um, literally all our tenant stuff got ruined. It was just a mess. And so from that point on, it was just like, I got to figure out, I got to figure this out. And how am I going to do this? And one of the ways I chose was using other people's money to fund real estate. So I went back and a lot of you guys, whenever you, you hit this roadblock and you hit the, these maybe so-called failures, you forget to learn from them. So, but what I did is I went back to my mentor and I told him, I was like, hey, listen, I didn't listen to your advice. I need to listen now because of where I'm at. And I said, what can we do? So we went to the drawing board and we said, okay, let's use other people's money to get out of this situation. So I went to work and I, I started finding great deals, deals that people looked at me and was like, Michael, if you don't buy that, I will. And so that's why I went to work and I actually right after that. So that first flip I was talking about, you know, it took about 12 months to sell it, but um, we actually went to work right after that. And I got another house under contract and I'll never forget. I'll never forget that first check. It took, I, we bought it and we, it took about, I don't know, maybe six months to do the deal, maybe five months. But I, I remember holding a check for like 25 or $30,000. And that was the first time I ever made money in real estate, I was still like pretty much breaking even, right? Because of my past loss, but I'll never forget that. I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And actually I funded that deal using my cousin's money. Um, I went to a local bank. So this this is just the, the play I ran, Kyle. Went to a local bank and I was transparent with them. I was like, hey, trying to get in this real estate game. I'm being mentored by somebody. I tried doing a flip before and I messed it up. I already know, but I'm, I'm learning and I, I want to go ahead and keep moving forward. And they, they helped me out big time. And that's why I love local banks just for everybody that's in real estate in here listening. I love local banks, you know, when you start out, because a lot of times they can be a little bit easier to work with. And so I went to them. I was like, what, what can we do? And they said, we'll help you out. Here's some loan programs. They said, you'll need 20% down. So I went to my cousin. I was like, Hey, you put 20% down. We'll go on this deal together. I'll, I'll manage the flip. We'll get it done. We'll get it sold. And you'll get your money back plus a little more. And my cousin at the time, you're like, Michael, how old is your cousin? My cousin was only like 18. No so, way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm telling you guys, like, whenever it comes to other people's money and business, it doesn't matter if it's real estate. There's people out there that you know that have money that you would never think of. My cousin, who's 18 years old, lent me money for a real estate deal. I have people of all different ages, stages of life that have lent us money. So don't think that, oh, I, there's no money around me. There is. There's people that are just quiet about it. And once you say, Kyle, that's that's true. 
Oh, for sure. It's, it's incredible. I get quite a few people reaching out um, and you're, you're even better at social media than I am, but it's amazing the connections that you can make and the trust that people will build in you once they start to see what you're doing. When they start to think of you as, oh, he's the guy that invests in real estate and it looks like he really knows what he's doing. It's amazing. Yeah. What can come your way? Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because there's actually most of our deals now, Kyle, that we come through. I don't spend any money on marketing, by the way. I think it helps because I'm in a small area and there's not much competition. So if you're in like in a bigger city, you know, you may have to dive into some paid marketing tactics. But where I live, you know, I invest in a town of like 30,000 people, 40,000 people. I don't have to market any because people know who I am. So in business, in real estate, you got to get your name out there and let everybody know what you do. Don't be afraid to hold back. And that's why I started doing. That's how I was finding these great deals. I was letting everybody and their brother know my name's Michael and I flip houses. My name's Michael and this is what I do. And so eventually, and now when people see a rundown house or when people um, find a house that has to be sold fast, you know who they come to? Me. They know, hey, I know a guy, his name's Michael. Hey, once you hit up Michael, he'll buy that house. He buys everything fixer-uppers, right? And so that's actually how we start finding great deals was just blasting our name out there everywhere on Facebook, calling people, letting them know, talking to attorneys, uh, real estate attorneys, let them know, hey, if you have a deal fall through, hit me up. Or if you need, if you, somebody that is inherited a house, hit me up, we'll buy it. So, you know, from there, um, we just started finding great deals and shopping them around to people and building partnerships with people. And I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not like one of those people that do a hundred deals a year. I mean, we, we're, we flip like 15, 20 houses a year. That's, right a, that's a ton. That's a lot people. I mean, for those that aren't <laughs> in real estate, that's a lot. I mean, to be able to flip even one house a month is pretty incredible. Right. I should credit that to us buying a lot of portfolios. Like we bought over the past six months, two portfolio of houses that were just kind of, you know, let's just say they were kind of slumlords, you know, getting the houses right, getting them up to speed, turn around and listing them. Right. So, um, but even before then we we've been doing like five to 10 flips a year before picking up these portfolios, but you know, I credit all that, you know, we, we went through, started finding great deals. So if you're in real estate, just search for the great deals and then the money will come, right? There's people want to be a part of something good. And um, whenever it comes to raising money, just go, don't be afraid to talk to people and create conversations. The, there's chiropractors out there that have money stashed away. There's doctors, there's just local business owners that would love to partner with you. So you just need to build up your confidence get the knowledge and then start creating conversations with people. Yeah. But so Kyle from there, you know, started flipping. I got that first check of like 25, I can't remember if it was 25 or $30,000. And I was like, okay, I can do this and build up my confidence. And in real estate, there's this thing called the law of the first deal. And uh, one of my friends, Michael Blanc talks about this in the multifamily space, but it's true. And I, I feel like every area is like that first deal is the hardest deal to get. But once you can push past that, and once you can get that first deal under your belt, it's a lot easier to get the second, the third, the fourth. So after that first one, you know, we just went crazy and we just started going out and just trying to find as many as we can. And um, after that, we just started finding about one flip a month, one flip every other month. And um, we're still trying to build out our systems, still trying to build stuff out so I can focus on the other avenues. But um, that's how we, you know, we kind of made it in real estate. So 
we're actually, Kyle, we're thinking about transitioning to buying more rentals because right now we've been strictly focused on, you know, the fix and flip in the market, you know, as of over the past two years have been great for fix and flipping. Um, so we're about to maybe pick up some rentals and start building some rentals just because of the, the demand for it. So, yeah, I think uh, just what you said earlier about your town being, you know, like what, 30,000 that you invest in. And then you so you live in a town of like 5,000, you said, and then invest in a town that's like 30,000. 30, How far away is that from where you live? Yeah, so it's only about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe. It depends on where I, you know, we actually just moved. So about 40 minutes from where okay. I'm at. That's so, okay, that's a big limiting mindset that I've had in the past. So um, I, I had a conversation with you. This is probably a year ago now, maybe not quite a year ago. But like I was stuck in my head. Of, I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, I live in a town. It's it's larger than the town that you invest in. And I remember you saying something like, you know, you you have the opportunity to like own that market more or less. Or I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but it made me realize that I'm so often looking at you know big big shot investor who lives in, you know, a metro of like four or 5 million people and then feeling like, oh, I'll I, I can never, you know, reach those levels, which maybe I don't even want to reach those levels, but it's easy for me to just be like, well, I live in a small town. There's nothing going on here. And, you know, so, you know, what's, what's the point of even really trying that hard? I, I'm just curious. I mean, does that, is that something you think about? Like, oh man, I've got to get, get into a bigger market or um, how have you, yeah, how have you navigated through that in such a, I guess, smaller market? You know, I don't, I don't look at, and I've never looked at it as a limiting belief because there's money everywhere. Um, money's being made regardless of where you live. And so Kyle, I invest in the 30 to $40,000 city, but I also invest here where I live in 5,000. For example, we just bought um, five houses here in the town of 5,000 people. We've already sold two of the, I should say there's six houses. We already sold um, one of them, three of them are under contract and the rest are getting, you know, fixed up. So like, don't let that small town mentality stop you. Because like I mentioned, like Kyle was saying, you can own your town. You can become the authority where you live in real estate. And so that's just how I went about it. I never had a doubt in my mind that, hey, just because I live here, in a small town, it's not going to work. I use that to my advantage because if you know, Kyle, and you probably heard and seen this, a lot of the bigger investors, investors, where are they moving to? Outside the city limits, outside the big metro areas, because the competition is so fierce in those big cities. A lot of bigger investors are actually going out to the suburbs, going out to the outskirts. So like if you're here right now and you live in a, a smaller area, I say, let's, let's eat, right? I yeah. say, let's get to work because, um, because it can definitely benefit you. Yeah, that that's so good for me to hear myself. I mean, you know, I'm going through that right now, which is so easy to compare myself to, oh, this guy's, you know, killing it over here and he's in this mark this massive market. And so that's, you know, an excuse for me not to not to be killing it. But yeah, there is so much opportunity everywhere around us. Um, okay, I wanna I wanna back up a little bit. Just um you touched on your family owned a restaurant and then I think you said your mom owned some sort of was it like a boutique boutique shop or or something like that? Right. Can you can you talk about? Do you feel like seeing your parents do the, their business? It sounds like they were somewhat of entrepreneurs themselves. Is that what gave you the that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit? Or I mean, it just seems like you at a very young age just 
you know, went for it when so many people were like, oh, I need to go for that steady job. Where do you think that came from? Yeah, 100%, man. My, my family's always been entrepreneurial. I get it from my dad, I would say, because he's owned multiple, multiple businesses throughout my lifetime. Um, and he actually owns multiple himself now. So I think that would that would stem from just my family um, and just them having a restaurant, them being in different arenas. Um, the, the thing about the family, though, and I say this in a, in a respectful way, in a way, I've never seen them scale, right? And so looking in life right now, I'm like, cool, I get my entrepreneurial spirit from these people, but how can I take the, what I've learned from them and scale it, right? So my dad's always owned small businesses in a, in a small town. You know, he's he's growing. He actually just got into a business and started a business about three years ago that he's actually doing really well in. But like, I've been attending all these conferences. I've been attending all these self-help, you know, um, events. And I, and I know just by seeing and networking with people that there's an unlimited amount of money out there that we can go get. So although I've gotten, you know, the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit from my um, family, you know, I'm continuing growing and I'm continuing to put myself out there because I know that even though you're from a small town, even though you're from an area where maybe the average median income is twenty to $30,000 like it is here where I live, you can go up there and build a seven, eight figure business through real estate and through whatever other venture you decide. It's just going to have take you building a new mindset and a new perspective on business. So, you know, growing up, Kyle, we my cousin and I, we actually, it was funny. We, we did a lot of different things to make money. I mean, um, actually my family owns a nonprofit where they bring in kind of like, um, I guess you would say kids that don't really have a home, kids that are maybe mentally challenged, um, physically challenged. And so growing up, that, that helped my perspective on life a lot because I, I got to grow up with people that um, didn't have any limbs. I got to grow up, grow up with people that um, maybe were not, raised in the right home situation and just were abused and needed a, a place to call home. And so I got to experience a diversity of of life, I guess you would say. And so through that, just that mixed with the entrepreneurial spirit for my family, it just was like a concoction of like, I guess you would say a vision and a goal to go out there and do more in life. And so that's kind of was instilled for me in me at a young age. So yep. that's probably more than you ask, but yeah, no, I would say it, it, it comes from the family. Yeah. I love that. And okay. So I, I know that a lot of my listeners probably aren't um, faith-based or maybe don't, you know, believe the same things we believe. I would say Michael and I have a lot of the same beliefs and I'm just curious, would you talk a little bit about, you know, I struggle with this myself too, is what's the balance and I got to be careful how I word this. What's the balance of following like your dreams and your passions um, and, and even the financial goals, the success, what's the balance of that versus like, you know, sometimes you hear over the pulpits, like, you know, we need to be content with the lives that God gave us. We need to, um, you know, not, not always be coveting, you know, the neighbor, your neighbor and what they have. And I always have a hard time. I guess where my, my thought process goes is I feel like God gave you and I an ambition for a reason and I don't know where that line is of like, okay, you're going, you're going too hard. You're, you're neglecting your family. You're neglecting your faith. Um, just talk a little bit about that, how you navigate that. And, you know, how do you feel like God looks at you running after, you know, financial success and business success? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good question. And that's, and I'm going to be honest with you, where I grew up here in Kentucky, a lot of people look at money like it's a bad thing, right? And maybe you grew up hearing that. A lot of people grow up hearing money is the root of all evil. Have you ever heard that, Kyle? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, especially where I live down here, it's like, like I said, people don't view money as a tool. They use it. They, they look at it as a, an evil uh, something that's evil. And a lot of people say money is evil. And so that's what I, you know, a lot of people I grew up around, but if you read a little bit further into the Bible and just kind of, it's the love of money, which is the root of all evil, right? The love of money. So you know, whenever you're talking about balancing, um, you know, your faith, balancing work, I really feel like you need to ask yourself, what's, what's the main driver behind me going to achieve these things? What's the main driver? Is it my, is it more my love for money? Is it because I'm envious of other people? Is it because I am not content where I'm at, right? And I think we should always, like you said, strive for you know greatness, strive for excellence in what we do. And God's giving us all the um, ability, the talent to go out there and cultivate wealth. But you, it's going to come down to an individual question of what's your heart look like? And so whenever it comes to balancing wealth, balancing your faith, and you need to ask yourself, where's my relationship with God? Where's my relationship with um, whoever you serve? I, I, you know, I choose to serve Jesus Christ, but um, you need to ask yourself, where's your heart in that? Where's your heart in the process? Because a lot of people look at business and faith as separate things. I look at it as, as the same thing. I don't have a business life and a faith life. I have a life where they come together and merge together. So that's the one thing I feel like, Kyle, a lot of people get wrong is they look at them at look at them as separate things when it's not. So I just ask myself every day, you know, where's my heart? And is what I'm doing out of um, greed? Is it out of me being selfish? And, but how can I use what God's given me in this present moment and in the future to glorify him and help others? So if I do attain massive wealth, how can I use that to build up his vision, his mission and help other people? Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to love God, love other people. We're called to serve other people. So how can we use what we have and what we build in that? And so everybody's going to probably have a different calling on their life. Everybody's going to have a different, um, I guess you would say, mission. But for me personally, uh, that's how I look at it. Does that make sense? Am I confusing you? Would you no, agree with I, me on that? <laughs> yeah, 100%. And actually, I, I've never really thought about how, you know, I separate, I've clearly separated my faith and my business. Uh, and it's interesting because I, I don't do a good job of actually sharing publicly, you know, about my faith. And that's something I should probably be working on. But I love how you worded that in a way that you you combine the two, like, it's, it's, it's one and the same, you know, and I, I love that. I think that's gives me a good, good uh, perspective to be thinking about, you know, the future. And so I guess moving forward, you know, you're, you're doing the real estate stuff and that seems to be working well. And, and now I see you doing a lot more on the online space. Will you just talk about like, what are these virtual events? Why did you move? Why are you working on that? And then I would also like you to kind of paint a picture of like, you know, your vision 10 years from now, what, what do you hope to be doing? Uh, what does your life look like 10 years from now? If you could kind of just like talk through all that. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll definitely jump in and share that right when I got into this real estate space with David, you guys remember my real estate mentor? He's not 
and he would be the first to tell you he's not like the most technologically like savvy person and so at the time though i've always kind of been you know good with digital stuff so i went to him i was like hey david how about since you're coaching me in real estate how about you um coach me in real estate but i'll help you with your digital marketing for your coaching business in return so at the time you guys remember whenever i was you know hit up by david to um, get into real estate i didn't have the most money right I, I, my wife and i just spent all our money on a honeymoon um and so literally i probably had 100 200 hours in my bank account and so i was like i got to make this work so i bartered with him and so some of you guys whenever an opportunity comes about you're just saying no i didn't say no i found a way to make it work and i did that through bartering with him and so he said yeah let's do it so he coached me um, I did have to pay a little bit. I, I paid him a couple months and I, that's when I borrowed, bartered with him once I kind of ran out of money. <laughs> and so um, I ran his digital marketing for his um, coaching business and we had to find him more clients. We were like, David, you want to get all these coaching clients? How can we do that? And one of the ways we ended up doing it was through events. And Kyle, we actually, most of you guys probably been on a webinar before, you know what a webinar is. And so we actually tried running a webinar and it flopped, right? And um, so we were like, hey, that didn't work. I think we made a tiny bit of money, but not a lot. That was a lot of effort. So I said, let's, let's go to the drawing board. And so long story short, we found uh, a certain style of events called online challenge. Maybe you guys have been on some online challenges before, but we found like the online challenge model really worked. And through that model, we were able to take David from $0 in his coaching business to literally seven figures a million dollars in his coaching business um through online events and so we kind of perfected it over the past you know that was like mind-blowing to me that we could take david from zero to seven figures like a million dollars in like two years or less through virtual events and uh so after that and i don't want to say like i'm bragging but literally my calendar got booked up because people heard what we were doing so referral after referral and, you know, Kyle, oh, you know, we've been running these virtual events for coaches, influencers, entrepreneurs, and we've helped generate over, over the past couple of years, just over $25 million worth of revenue. Um, we've literally helped people go from zero clients to 100 plus clients, 200 plus clients in a year. Um, and it's just amazing. That's like really been where we've been focusing our time because we've realized that, um, you know, everybody's going virtual, right? If you want to get your message out there, the best way to do it right now is virtual. If you have a, a mission on your heart, if you if you feel called to something, then um, you know use online and use online events, and that's what we've been doing. So that's kind of what my my day consists of. We have a team that I work with. We built, um, and then you know we do the real estate. It's kind of like real estate was full time while the digital was part time, but now it's more like the virtual is full time and the real estate's part time. Yep. Um, but you know. The cool thing about all this is if you build out a team, you can maybe get out, you know, of these businesses. And that's what I've been working on is how can I work less and make more? So that's what I'm working on in my businesses right now. And I would challenge you to do the same. Yeah, I I actually had a question about that. I was just wondering, um, you know, I, I feel like you've done a pretty good job of building a team. What are just a couple like tips that you have for building a team in what does it what does that look like in your business? How does a team help you? Yeah, it depends like 
obviously real estate's different than a virtual event business, but um, one, you want to hire out your weaknesses, right? You want to hire out your weaknesses and what's taking the most time. So for example, whenever I was starting this virtual event agency, the biggest time killer for me was building websites and building out funnels, sales funnels. And so I had to look at myself and say, hey, what task do I want to delegate? And the one I started with was one that was taking the most amount of time. And so, um, you know, I ended up build, building out a team of, well, actually it was just one starting out, but a funnel builder and a, a website builder on my team. And she's literally helped save me 20 hours to 30 hours per week just by hiring her. And so hire out your weaknesses, but also hire out the most time consuming task. Um, because a lot of times those time consuming tasks are stopping us from going out there and generating or focusing on the revenue generating activities. So you need to ask yourself in your business, what are the revenue generating activities that I need to focus on and how can I maybe um, delegate the rest so I can focus on those? So in real estate, um, you know, little tasks that you may need to outsource would be probably like going and picking up materials at Lowe's. Because we all know when you go to Lowe's or Home Depot, you're going to be there for like two hours, right? Right. And if you do that like three, four, five times a week, that's eight, 10 hours a week just going to pick up materials. It could be bookkeeping or accounting, right? It could be, those are little tasks that take up little, uh, I guess you would say little bits and pieces of your time here and there, but over time they add up. So how can you outsource? Now, if you love bookkeeping, go for it, keep it, right? But that's kind of the the route we've, the route we've gone is just asking ourselves those questions and hiring from there. So for example, I now have in my real estate business, if you want to know what kind of what that looks like, we subcontract most of our work out, but I hired a guy, his name's Kevin. Amazing. I pay him really good, but he's like, he goes, picks up all my materials. He helps manage the projects, make sure they're going good. Um, he even does some work himself, some painting, so, um, but we have some other laborers that we've hired over time as well. You know, we have a bookkeeper now. We have um, many different people we've been in the place. Well, so I can go out there and just find the best deals possible. And eventually I'll probably teach somebody how to do that. So I don't have to do it, but that's where I would start if I were you. Um, and I think that would help your business grow pretty ex exponentially um, just by hiring one or two key people to take some of those draining tasks from you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good advice. And that's something that I hadn't thought about in the past a lot was like doing an analysis on my time and my business and figuring out where's my time best spent. And, you know, for both of us, it's probably that lead generation, whether it's out looking for real estate deals or looking for the next event to host online, you know, or, or whatever it is. But um, as we start to wrap this up, uh, again, just, I don't know if you'd shared or not, you know, like 10 years from now, I'm just curious, like what, where do you think you'll be? What, where would you like to be? What would you like to be doing in like 10 years from now? Maybe maybe 20 years from now. Dude, I'm, that's a great question. I live, I try to live each day one at a time. I like to have a vision, right? I like to have goals and mission, but uh, I try to focus on today. But where I really would like to be, man, is I really felt like God's called me to use my voice to go help as many people as possible. So I want to be and, and people may look at me and be like, Michael, you're weird, you're strange, but I want to be on the biggest stages. Um, I already know I'm called to stages, so I want to be on stages speaking to the masses. I don't know in what way that's going to be, um, but doing what I'm doing right now, being on podcast, sharing my story, I want to be doing more of this. And ultimately, I want to be um, doing doing exactly what I'm doing right now, just in a bigger scale. So 
you know, I don't know how real estate's going to play out long term. It, it may be something I just kind of hire a team and keep it as like just a little passive income coming in. But either way, I want to use my voice and speak on stages to the world and uh, help a lot of people. So the goal is hopefully within, I shouldn't say hopefully, I'm going to, you know, in the next 10 years, you know, at least have impacted a, a million people through my message. So that's the goal, man. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I see the pictures of you up there on stage. I'm like, man, it gives me butterflies. I don't, I don't know how, how you do it. I mean, I think I could enjoy it after doing it enough, but whew. yeah, you could do it. Yeah. No, oh, man. Do it. Good times. So this is a question that I, I love asking people selfishly, uh, just to know, you know, how to maybe think about things in my life. If you could go back, you know, and you're only 25, but you've done a ton of stuff since you, you know, started your career. If you could go back and give yourself some advice in your business or life or, or whatever it is, um, what, what's some of the first things you think of, like how, how maybe you'd change things or maybe just advice you'd give yourself at a younger age? Great question, man. I think I would tell my younger self um, to hire out quickly, more quickly, like build a team more quickly. And a lot of times we get in our own way and we think, I oh, know we can do it ourselves. No, I'm, I'm the only one that can do this. Quit being selfish. Let somebody else in your business and do it, right? So I think I would tell my younger self like, hey, quit being selfish. Let's hire out a team. Let's, let's position people. It may, a lot of people look at building out a team as an expense, but it's actually an investment in, for your business and done right. So that would be one thing I would focus on is I would tell them, hey, let's, let's build out a team first. Um, and like, let's try to do that efficiently and quickly. Um, but also just what I mentioned earlier is like, hey, let's commit to going all in, right? I'm sure if I would have committed when I was trying stock trading, you know, in my beginning years in college, I'm sure if I would have committed a year or two years, I would I'd be a professional stock trader right now, right? I'm sure that if I would have stuck with the e-commerce e dropshipping I was doing and actually learned it and just pushed past the failures, I, I'm sure I would have been, you know, a professional had a thriving business in that space, but it wasn't, it was just because I didn't commit. So I would tell my younger self, like, Hey, you're going to be tempted to jump in a lot of multiple things, but just pick one and go all in on it and commit to it until you, you know, you see it thrive until you see it succeed. So now ultimately if I wouldn't have gone through all those things, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, but I still would tell myself to commit and stop chasing two rabbits. So as you know, somebody who chases two rabbits doesn't catch any, right? So um, that, that would be the biggest advice I would give to my younger self. I love that. That's huge. Well, Hey, I've enjoyed following you over the last couple of years and, uh, just would you throw out, you know, where people could follow you if they want to look you up? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm most, most active on Instagram. I'm trying to post on there more. Um, we actually have, um, official Michael Tucker. You can go on there and we just post motivational content daily. I may post some videos daily on there. Um, just really a great hub for you guys just to keep inspired on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, so official Michael Tucker, um, or you can go to milliondollarsecrets.com and uh, check out what we have going there. So that's about it. Cool. All right. I got to let you go. You're a busy guy. Hey, I appreciate your time today. So uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having us and everybody. God bless you. Yep. See ya.